Ring the alarm. Red alert. The Seahawks aren't good anymore. Shut down the power. Right? Turn off your TV. There's no point in watching for the rest of the season. Is Russell Wilson still an MVP candidate or has Lamar Jackson run away with this one? Pun intended. And how long should a man expect to have his sins reheated for breakfast? What's going on, Seahawk fans? This is Robert English, your SoCal Seahawk, and thank you for choosing, for choosing, for choosing to join me on this episode of Short Yardage. And we all saw the game, folks. We all saw the game. Uh, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't good. It wasn't great. It wasn't nice. It was, it was poor. It was lackluster. It was bad. It was a very bad game the Seahawks played um, on Sunday night against the Los Angeles Rams um, at the uh, at the Coliseum. I was actually at the game, and before I go any further, I think I may decide not to. That's not true. I'm probably going to keep going, but I feel like maybe I shouldn't go to see the Seahawks play in California anymore because the last two times. I've only gone twice, but both times that I have gone to see the Seahawks play, with the exception of preseason, we won in the preseason, but in the regular season, um, so I've been to three or four Seahawk games here in California, three of them um, at Qualcomm Stadium against the Chargers, um, and um, and one of them now at, um, uh, at uh, the Coliseum in Los Angeles. Um, Two preseason games, uh, we won. Great. The first preseason game, the one preseason game, excuse me, the one regular season game that I uh, watched against the Chargers was the one uh, we played San Diego the year after we won the Super Bowl. Uh, it was a ten thousand degree day in San Diego. Uh, it was that. It was that game where it was like it was like a hundred and seven degrees on the field. Uh, it was crazy. Um, Percy Harvin was 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 with us that uh, in in that game, um, and we we just got beat. We just couldn't quite get it right. Um, the Chargers beat us. Very disappointing. I got razzed the whole way out of the stadium by every Charger fan in there. Now fast forward a few years to this past Sunday night. I drove I drive all the way up to Los Angeles to go to this game. Just knowing that my Seahawks are going to put out a good product. And they, you know what, the bed against the Rams. Now, there was a whole lot of. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Still getting over my little my little bug. There was a whole lot of knee jerk reactions um, to the game. Um, you know, people were so surprised, right? Seahawk fans even so surprised that the game went the way that it went. Um, what's the Seahawks problem? 
you know. Um, the game wasn't great. If, the funny thing is, if you look at it on paper, <clears throat> you almost can't tell that that game went so poorly, except for if you look at the score, right? Um, <clears throat> but if you look at all the other numbers, um, you know, the game looks, you would, you might think that the game was, you know, relatively close. Uh, people went crazy on the Seahawks defense. And I say people, you know, I've talked about it before about, about the, the, the Seattle Seahawks fan out there in the world. Um, you know, the, the, the experts from get it, get it mostly right from time to time, but the average Seahawks fan or the, the, the Seahawks, I call, I say the average Seahawks fan, but the, the, the average Seahawks fan that actually thinks they're more of a seat, more of a, a football scholar than they really are. Right. Blames this game on the defense. I'm like, what do you mean you're blaming the game on the defense? The, the defense played well. This, it, it was 28 to 12. The, the defense did every bit that they could to give the offense opportunities to get them back in this game. And they just didn't do it. The defense played quite good, all things considered. Now, people look at some of the chunk plays that Seattle gave up in this game. Um, and yeah, that's that's never great. But a lot of those chunk plays were between the 20s. Most of them were between the 20s. Um, and when you play, when your defense is on the field the entire game, you're going to give up points. But this game has nothing to do, the, 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 the way this game turned out has nothing to do with the defense. So if you're one of those people who thinks that this, this game uh, was lost on account of the Seattle defense, you're just, you're just, you're wrong. I don't want to call anybody names, but you're just wrong. That's an inaccurate statement. The offense failed to show up. People think that uh, it was Rashad Penny going out that had something to do with the, um, the the loss in this game. I disagree with that. It wouldn't have mattered who was back. Rashad Penny, Chris Carson, CJ Procise, Travis Homer. It didn't matter who was back there. The, the Seattle game plan, I believe, was probably not fit for this game. Or better to say... The Rams game plan certainly was. I think the Rams just beat us on Sunday night. They just had one step ahead of us. Uh, they, you know, they were one thought process ahead of us almost every step of the way. Third downs, Russell taking sacks. Um, dropped passes. You know, you think about how many dropped passes there were. Um, and not so many how not so much how many there were, because it was probably what three, maybe four. But it was when they were third downs. Jacob Hollister, who's been clutch, dropping a third down catch. I think it was David Moore, who's been great recently, dropping a third down pass. You know, you, you gotta, you have to think. Okay, what happens when you drop when you fail to convert on third down? Right when you when you're your 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 game plan. Your whole entire offensive game plan uh, is is based on your ability to matriculate the ball down the field, right? Every you, you, we, Seattle's offense is built to matriculate the ball down the field, and every once in a while you get a shot play. But we're not a, we're not a vertical offense. 
Okay. So when you fail to convert, it puts a hard stop on anything you have planned on the offensive side of the football. And those plays where the passes were dropped, they weren't even tightly, they weren't tightly contested. They were just dropped passes. And that puts a hard stop. If you convert though, if, if, if Jacob Hollister makes his catch, that was a, I don't, I think it was a mid range pass. If I'm not mistaken, the drive continues. It's now first and 10, right? The defense is now on their heels. You just, you just completed a third and medium. Defense is now on their heels. They, they starting all over again from first down. You can now run the ball. Maybe you throw it again. I mean, it, it just it just opens the door for you. You have to con- you have to convert on third down, especially when the ball hits you in the hands. And that's what killed us. It doesn't take very many of those to 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 let let a game get out of reach. The third down, you drop the ball, you give the ball back to the other team. They go down and score. David Moore, drop the ball on third down. You give the ball to the other team. They go down and score. Right? This The way this game should have gone, again, this is, wasn't the default, the defense's fault. Okay? The Rams had a good game plan going into this. Okay? The defense did everything they could. Big up to Quandre Diggs. Now, I'll talk about him in a second because these people on the internet are crazy. Um... The, the way this game should have broke down, the way we should be talking about this game right now, even if we still lost, this should have been a shootout. This game should have, this game should have, both teams should have been in the 30s, maybe even more. Right? The Rams didn't have to score any more than 28 because the Seattle Seahawks offenses did not show up. But this game should have been a shootout. There's no reason why we shouldn't have been out there scoring, going, going punch for punch with that Rams offense, except for the fact that you drop some passes that puts you behind in, in, in not just in the game, not just in points I'm talking about in, in, in game philosophy, right? Even early in the game, you're still playing up against the clock with every passing moment. You give the ball back to the other team. They're, they're running time off the clock. Second half, okay, you got time. You don't convert. They're running time off the clock. So at some point, you get, you get, it gets down to the point where now you have to press. And pressing is, is tough to do. Russell Wilson's great at it, but when you have to press, that's when bad things happen. When you're forced to press, bad things tend to happen. This game was just out of reach. It was out of reach. Uh, I mean, and, and we didn't even score on offense. We didn't even score on offense. The defense played great. Quandre digs with the pick six. And then Jason Myers goes out and he boots the extra point. You see what I'm saying? It was just a bad day. These type of days happen. If you ask me, we needed this game. And maybe it was just coming, Right. Because we had kind of, we had kind of, we were so ramped up the last, you know, uh, a few weeks ago. The last couple of weeks, we kind of came down a bit, still came out of the games with victories, but we didn't look as, you know, awesome uh, as we had a few weeks prior, a couple of weeks prior. 
So we drop one finally after winning five in a row. I mean, if you ask me, it's a humbling thing. It's a humbling thing. Russell Wilson was 22 for 36 for 245 and a pick. The pick he threw late, um, you know, trying to press. I mean, I wasn't mad about the interception. I mean, it would have been great if it wasn't intercepted. But, um, I mean, at that point, the game was so big. It was out of reach anyway, right? It would have been a, it would have been a truly a miracle. All I was sitting there doing is talking to, to Rams fans about how what we did to Green Bay in the NFC Championship game in, in 2015. And, um, you know, knowing in my heart that it wasn't going to happen, right? But... Russell Wilson didn't have a bad day with the exception of the fact that he didn't throw a touchdown and he did throw a pick. 22 for 36 for 245. Not too different than Jared Goff. He also completed 22 passes for 31. 22 for 31, 293. And two picks. But he also had two touchdowns. So, I got in an argument today with someone on Facebook in a Seahawks fan group no less and i gotta stop doing this i gotta learn that it's not my job to educate nor correct every single person in the world this is a this is a hang-up of mine i've got to work on this but th- there was a post about how much of a steal quandre dig digs was um bringing him over from detroit and there was someone contending in the post that he wasn't a steal. He hasn't done anything for us. And I'm like, what are you talking about, man? Like, Quandre Diggs has been awesome. And then he something says something about how Seattle's giving up 30 points a game. Uh, you know, he how awesome can he be? I'm like, what are you talking about, man? Like, like as if the Seahawks, as if Quandre Diggs, uh, you know, performance grade is is based solely on the, the the performance in totality of the entire Seahawk defense. Like, dude, you got to look at his individual assignments and performances in his individual uh, assignments. The guy doesn't miss tackles. He's solid in coverage. He's got three picks and a touchdown. Like, what more do you want from one dude? Who came to the team late and made an instant, an instant uh, uh, improvement? I swear, I, I love to debate so much, but then I get so frustrated with people because you get people on there who are just talking, who don't know. People just don't know. There should be a police. There should be there should be policing of the internet on these forums and these Facebooks and everything. There should be policing, and when you start saying nonsense, you should be. I don't know, arrested or thrown in jail in like internet jail. I say that, but that actually happened. And I watch me end up saying something wrong and I end up in internet jail. Has Russell Wilson lost um, all hope for the MVP? I think so. Much as it pains me to say it, because this year of all years, where in the heck I mean, why Lamar Jackson? Why Lamar Jackson? Why do you have to do this to me? I mean, I am thinking I'm sitting here finally, finally, you know, 
That's my that's my the rock impersonation. Finally. Um Russell's going to get an MVP nod. I mean, Russell's been deserving of an MVP serious consideration a couple of times already, but this year, I mean, it was all I mean, it was Russell's to lose. Unfortunately, he's lost it. Um, you know, he he's he's his numbers have come down. I mean, when you're throwing for four touchdowns a game, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to argue with whether or not you're an MVP. You know, he led the league in touchdown passes with only one pick, um, then only two picks. You know, now he's got a few picks. Um, you know, so his numbers are kind of pulling, you know, more even with what's to be expected uh, from a quarterback, uh, from a good quarterback um, late in the season. But he's no longer, you know, far above the rest. And Lamar Jackson is just absolutely amazing. I mean, the kid is spectacular. Um, and unless he goes out and just stinks up the joint in these last three weeks of the season, I think the MVP is probably his, um, you know, the MVP shouldn't really be based on stats alone. It's really got to be based on indeed what the acronym suggests. And it's the most valuable player to his team. And as valuable to the Seahawks as Russell Wilson has been this year. Um, I got to think that Lamar Jackson is just a bit more valuable uh, to his team. I mean, neither team does what they've done or what they're doing without that, without their guy, their respective quarterback. But um, if you, if you're going to think which team is, which team is better without their respective quarterback, I probably say Seattle is. Um, and so I think I think Lamar Jackson's gonna gonna snatch this from him, and it hurts my heart. Hurts my heart, but it's reality, and I'm not gonna be a homer. I try not to be a homer, um, but Lamar Jackson's probably gonna take this one. So we got Carolina coming up, um, and just to quickly run over this game, um, I see. Seattle going out to uh, North Carolina and winning this game. Um, I see McCaffrey as being probably just doing what McCaffrey does. Um, I don't see us, you know, locking him down totally. Um, but I don't see him having enough, a big enough impact to change the, what would seem to be the obvious outcome of this game that Seattle uh, walks away with this with a two score victory maybe 10 or 10 or 13 points. Um, the, the, the Panthers are, are, you know, I'd say if very much in disarray, um, they've just fired their head coach, uh, Ron Rivera. Um, so there's, there's that factor. Um, they got a young rookie quarterback who's hot and cold and, uh, a lot of cold. Um, and they're, you know, they really got, are trying to, you know, they're worried about what they're going to do with their star quarterback who's on the bench. You know, what are they going to do with Cam Newton? They've just got so much noise going on in Carolina. I think that it's unlikely that they're going to be able to put out a good product um, during these last three weeks of the season. They've got nothing to play for. Their playoff chances, um, you know, they're, they're eliminated from playoff contention. So, you know, what are they playing for, right? I see this game being even easier than the Cardinals the following week. 
Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I still, so I was, I was, I said last week that I saw Seattle winning out. That obviously did not happen uh, with the loss to the Rams on Sunday night. But here we are again with a new week and a new opportunity. And here we go again. I believe that the Seahawks will win out now. So maybe I called that prediction just a week too early. Um, I don't see a good reason to assume that we don't beat Carolina um, and the Cardinals. Um, those two got to be wins, right? And at this point, we need them. Uh, one win gets us in the playoffs, but technically we have, I mean, we haven't clinched at 10 and three. It's amazing. This NFC this year, we haven't clinched at 10 and three with three games left to play. We haven't clinched a playoff spot. Now one win clinches for us, right? But at 10 and three, you haven't clinched a playoff spot yet. How good is your conference? I mean, I don't, I don't know how often that happens. You can be 10 and three with and, and, and not have clinched a playoff spot yet. At 10 and three, typically you clinched your division, you know, which obviously clinches you a playoff spot. But it, it's just, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy at this point. Um, so, but I mean, so, so I say all that to say that technically speaking, the Seahawks could miss the playoffs still. They're not going to, but I'm just saying mathematically, we haven't, we haven't clinched a playoff spot yet. If, if all, if the worst possible thing in the world were to happen, we could miss the playoffs with, even though we had a 10 and three record with three weeks left to play, that won't happen. Uh, we beat Carolina. We beat Arizona. We'll talk more about Arizona after this weekend. Um, and we still come down to the showdown because we still can. The beauty of this is we were eight, we had a game to drop. Right. It's like we had a foul to give in basketball. Right. We had one game to drop. If we were going to drop a game, th- that it's fine. We dropped the game against the Rams. It's it changes the um, it changes the. Division record tiebreaker, I, I believe a bit, but um, we had a game to drop and we dropped it, but it's still coming down to the week 17 clash against the San Francisco 49ers. We control our own destiny. If we win out, if we go ahead and take care of business these last three weeks of the season, including the 49ers, we win the division. It's just that simple. We control our own destiny. Win and you're in. For three more weeks. And I'm still saying that's what's going to happen. All right. Uncomfortable conversation alert. How long should a man... Expect to have his sins reheated for breakfast is a saying. You know, if you've done your crime and you've done your time, how long should you be forced to live in condemnation? 
the internet is a buzz and in an uproar um, over Michael Vick being selected to um, be one of the coaches uh, for the uh, or one of the team captains for um, the Pro Bowl this year. All up in arms. Right. It almost seems like there's more people upset about it now than when Michael Vick came back to the NFL after he got out of jail. Right. Because Mike Vick came back to the NFL, played football and won some games and and people were cheering for him again. But then he retires and fades off into the sunset. And just when you hear the name again, it just drums up all the bad stuff again. And you've got all these people all up in arms, people who don't even who, who, who don't give a damn about football, mind you. Right. I've, I've got I've gotten in a couple of uh, back and forth on the social medias with people I know, people I call my friends. You know, taking on the stance of uh, taking on the, the side of the, you know, the, taking on the, the, the other side. I say I say. The guy committed a crime. He did his time. He gave back. Right. He did his time and he gave back. Okay, so when does he get to just go back to doing what he does? Right. Michael Vick is a football guy. Now, they're, they're not honoring Michael Vick as a humanitarian. They're not honoring Michael Vick as the best guy ever to walk the earth. There's no honoring going on here. He was just picked as a team captain. And this is and this is where the this is where the 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 I'll say it idiocy and be, anyone who who knows me who I've had this argument with don't think I'm trying to, I'm not trying to call you an idiot but this is idiocy. You're acting like the, the the NFL is is putting this man on a pedestal and praising him. That's not what's going on. He's not winning an award. He's just picked for a team captain in a meaningless football game. Because he's a football guy. He's one of the greatest football players ever to play that in his in his position. Why are you acting like he's 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 being elected president? And Jesus, I mean, we with what you what we elect president these days, you 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 should be okay with Michael Vick just being selected for a, a team captain of a meaningless game. There's bigger fish to fry, right? Look, I have dogs. I love dogs. I in no way whatsoever condone what Mike uh, what Mike Vick did to those dogs. But here's, and that's a fact, okay? That's a fact. What he did was wrong, and he should have gotten in trouble, and he did get in trouble. All true, all fact. But here's a real fact, too, okay? There's, there's cultural differences out there, okay? 
And really, this whole thing, it, my, Michael Vick, and I'm going to say this, and it's going to ring, it's going to ring wrong in some people's ears. Michael Vick was a victim. Michael Vick was a victim. He was, he was one of, one of the first, not the first, but one of the first victims of the information age and social media court of public opinion type thing. Right? Because Michael Vick didn't invent dogfighting. It was dogfighting was going on before Mike Vick, and dogfighting is still going on right now after Mike Vick. But once the world gets a hold of it, the volume is turned all the way up, and then you're then and then those who who you know those the powers that be or what have you, they have to make an example out of you or risk being made by the very same people who who make up the court of public opinion. They, you risk being made by them into someone who condones the bad action. If the NFL didn't suspend Michael Vick and and start doing all these animal, you know, save the animals types commercials and everything like that, then they run the risk of all the uh, people who have an affinity for animals who don't even give a damn about the NFL or football, just beginning, just, just starting the narrative that the NFL condones this nonsense. Which isn't it couldn't be any further from the truth, but that's what people do. I said one of the words, one of the sayings I live by is that, you know, a person can be very smart. A person is smart, but people are blithering idiots. A person is smart. People are idiots, and and that's what happens. That's what happens if you find out that a player on your team. Or a player in your organization, in your in your league, smacked his wife around, and you don't not only fire him, not only not only do everything you can do to separate yourself from him, and do and and then put and then make the whole next six to nine months all about uh, why domestic violence is is not a good thing to do. What do the people do? They turn the narrative into you support that kind of stuff, and it takes. It takes, it's the craziest thing in the world. This is a cultural thing, okay? Down south, it's nothing. People, people want to make Michael Vick out to be a monster. A friend of mine I was arguing with on Facebook, he's a monster. He's a psychopath. He's a, um, he's a piece of you-know-what. And what people don't realize is that they're not, the issue is not so much Michael Vick. It's themselves. And the fact that this offense butts up against their own sensitivities so hardly, so harshly. It, 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 it's, it, it just, it rubs their, rubs their sensitivities wrong. So it ends up being less about Vick. And more about themselves. It's more about the person who's mad about it, not about Vic. I mean, yeah, again, this is not to say that Michael Vick did, didn't do something that he shouldn't have done. That's academic. But we like dogs. We think the Japanese are crazy because they, they kill dolphins. Why? Because we like dolphins. Dogfighting is... Cruelty to animals and everything else, of course it is. But why are you so mad about it? 
because you like dogs. If Michael Vick was fighting and killing rats, I don't believe the same outrage comes out. Now, I have said I, I made that very same point in the people who, with the people that I argue with, and they said, no, it doesn't matter if it, if it was, it doesn't matter. It's cruel to the animals, cruel to the animals. And I say to that, I say, I just don't believe you. We can always say what we would say if something, but whatever. Yeah, you might say, wow, you know what? Michael Vick is fighting rats and then killing them once they lose their fight. He's crazy. Anyway, now what? how much whipped cream do I want on my, on my caramel macchiato? Right? You're not you're not wasting time making Facebook posts and arguing back and forth in a in a thread if Michael Vick is just is uh, is just uh, uh, fighting and murdering uh, uh, sewer rats because no one likes sewer rats, but we like dogs. It's our own individual biases. It's our own individual sensitivities that's that that's causing this type of outrage. And it's causing it's causing the outrage. It's so bad that it's blinding you from the reality that the dude did his time. And he gave back. How what do you expect this guy to do? Michael Vick is a football guy. You tell tell him that he can't do football stuff for the rest of his life simply because he had a transgression. Previously in his life. When when does he get to go back to just being a guy named Mike who knows a lot about football? If if you if you were uh if you if you if you are a woman who let's just say if you're a woman who um was a was let's just say you were um a little uh, a little bit of a hussy in your 20s. Let's just say you're a woman who got around in your 20s. Should that disqualify you from ever having, from ever meeting a nice man and having a happy marriage and a family for the rest of your life? No. Now, that might be a rough comparison, but the point is, the point is, he did his crime. He did his time. He even gave back. He did all the things that was asked of him. When can he just go back to being Mike, a guy who knows football and be able to do football things? People act like the NFL, being in the NFL is such a privilege. That privilege word is dangerous because that goes back to the Colin Kaepernick thing. It's a privilege. Why do you people think that it's a privilege to be able to play in the NFL? Specifically the NFL. It's no more of a privilege, in my opinion, it's no more of a privilege to be able to play in the NFL than it is to be able to go be a doctor, to go be a lawyer, or to go be a garbage man. Why is it a privilege? Those players, football players, I know we, they, we say they play a game, but it's very little play. And it's very much not a game. It's 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 a game with us in the sport aspect of it, but it's very much work, and it's very much serious. It's life, and in some cases, life and death. These guys start working 
toward being able to play in the NFL when they were six, seven, eight, nine years old. And they worked and worked and worked until they became the best in the world at it. And that's why they got to play in the NFL. It's not a privilege. They earned the right. Dogfighting is wrong as it is, and I will and I won't contend. Dog, it's as wrong as two left shoes. It's cruel to animals. Right? I have dogs. I love dogs. However, it's sensitivities thing because in a different culture, they don't have those same sensitivities to an animal such as a dog. Not everybody feels like a dog is, is their best friend. Some people just see a dog as an animal. Some people see a dog as what I see like a coyote. I see a coyote as scum. Maybe you don't like me for it, but I see a, a coyote as scum that will, that will come snatch up anything it can. I, I, I lost a dog to a coyote, as a matter of fact. I hate coyotes. I could care less if every coyote had suffered the worst possible uh, misery ever. I wouldn't be at all mad. <laughs> Excuse me. Some people don't value dogs like that. That's their culture. It doesn't make it right, but that's their culture. We have progressed. You know, a long time ago, a long time ago, I don't know, maybe I won't go there. A long time ago, they used to fight certain humans like that too, okay? If you think that that scene in Django was just for the theatrical, um, the theatrical uh, awe factor, okay? And you guys know what scene I'm talking about. That's not, that's, that wasn't just for the movie. That's real. But we progressed. And with progression, we learned that certain things are not okay to do. They finally got that part figured out in, in you know, American history. Yeah, we'll get to the dogs. <laughs> you know, some parts of uh, our nation are a little less progressive than others. But that the culture there is different. Not everybody feels like a dog is like Lassie or, or Beethoven. A dog is just a dog to some people. Right? Now, it's culture. You know, the same way that in Spain, where they, where they, you know, they, they toy, they toy with a bull. They toy with it for, for, I don't know how long, an hour, two hours, however long it takes. They toy with a bull with a red sheet until the bull gets so tired that he stops chasing them. And then you put a, then you put a sword through his head. That's a sport. Or here's one might, might hit a little closer to home. What about when you cinch a rope around the around the uh, the the cojones of a of a, a bull, and then you compete to see how long you can stay on his back? What's that? 
Or how about you let a, a let a calf, a little baby cow, run free in an arena, and then you chase him down on a horse and throw a rope around his neck and and yank him down to the ground by his neck and then rope him up at the ankles. What is that? Were you out picketing in front of the the arena at the last rodeo that was in your town? Take horse racing. Right? Horse racing, they literally, they ride a horse and ride him and ride him and ride him and ride him until his legs break. And they put him down. Literally, what's what they do with these with these horses? They ride these horses. They pump them full of steroids to make them big and strong, and they ride them literally into the ground. They ride these horses until they break, and then they kill them. Because you can't. I mean, the whole the horse's whole <laughs> can't do anything without its legs. A horse with a with a bum leg is no horse at all. It can't even live a life, right? So so you you ride a horse hard until literally the horse breaks and then you put him down. Now tell me how that's different than fighting a dog until he loses and then putting him down. I'm from Washington state and I remember growing up every year, it seemed there was always a bunch of people who were so mad at the Native Americans with a lot of Native American influence where I'm from. They were so mad at the Indians because they go out and they kill a whale. And people were pissed. Why? Because we like whales. Completely. Completely disregarding the fact that this is a cultural thing this is what they do it's cultural but they weren't having it nope we like whales so we're not going to let you do this thing that your people have been doing for generations now am i comparing that to fighting dogs no i'm not but the point is this thing is cultural it doesn't make michael vick a complete psychopath lunatic you know inhuman monster it just makes him a product of his environment he was a product of his a product of his environment that doesn't that doesn't uh um uh, exonerate him it does it doesn't remove blame okay because he made it out of that environment he had opportunity to do better he erred he got caught he did the crime, he did the time, he gave back, let the man live. All this football guy is doing is going out and doing football stuff. All right, that's enough out of me. 10 a.m. Seahawks at Carolina Panthers on Sunday. 
Um, you're hearing it right here first. 10 point victory uh, for the Seahawks. Um, 11 and 3 on the season going into the Cardinals. This is Robert English, your SoCal Seahawk, and I am signing off. Go Hawks. <laughs>